Hi, and welcome to the Ballyhoo Bridge podcast, where we are your bridge out of chaos. I'm your host, Heather, and I've discovered the thing I enjoy most in life is helping people get unstuck. What do I mean unstuck? Well, are you stuck in your own chaos? Are you either struggling to quiet the noise and figure out your next move, or you know what to do, but you have no idea how to actually do it? Whether it's trying to understand all your spiritual desires or trying to grow a solo business. And now you're asking why I'm talking about both, right? Well, because it's been my experience that spiritual growth and solo business often go hand in hand. And that with the desire to grow, in comes the chaos. No matter where you are in that journey, you often just need someone to take you by the hand and help you bridge the gaps to your next goal, your next success. You need help to quiet the madness and understand your options. So we're going to talk about spiritual things and sometimes business things and probably a few other things too as we move through the chaos and cross the bridges. I hope you'll come along with me. Oh my goodness, you guys, so much has happened since I was here last. I've actually been trying to deep dive into some spiritual and energy healing, and I guess just a deep dive period, because, you know, kind of through all this time that I've been trying to figure out what was wrong with me, I was relying on medical answers, finding medical answers. So I kind of um, completely neglected the spiritual side of this and of me, if we're being honest. I'm absolutely off my routine and I'm always just kind of tired and it's really hard to maintain all of that when you just have no energy, nothing in the tank. But lately I've done some Akashic Records meditations and that's been super helpful. I want to do more of those, absolutely. I also did a thing called Theta Healing, which was actually completely new to me and amazing. I learned so much. I healed a lot. I validated a lot. But anyway, both of those are going to be different conversations that we will absolutely have, but another time. Because one of the biggest things that I've been putting back into my routine is meditating It really has been an important component for me. And the truth is, I'm not sure I realized just how much until I hadn't done it for a while and then got back into it and realized how much better it was making me feel. Because like the truth is, I never really meditated until just a few years ago when I started down the spiritual journey and started developing my intuitive gifts. It was actually one of the first things that my coach told me to do to sort of get in touch with myself and, well, in that case, so that I could get in touch with the spiritual world. Now, of course, me being me, I was skeptical and quite frankly, I didn't know how to do it. So again, me being me, I researched it and the internet kind of overwhelmed me. I felt like it was just a lot of information trying to process. So I got a book. (laughs) It was called Practical Meditation for Beginners. And it gave you different meditations you could do each day. They sort of varied in length and in their reason or their intention that you were doing them. 
and they just told you step by step what to do. They would offer examples and of course they would encourage you to journal your results after you were done. So it was actually pretty perfect. I was able to really understand what I needed to do and the best part was it started you out really slowly with the basics. I think the first few I did were only probably five minutes at a time and probably the hardest part for me was to stay focused but I gradually began to understand that how to focus on my breathing when I couldn't clear my mind I could just focus on that breath and gradually it got easier. I learned to push things away and to really get quiet. And the truth is, that's what it really is for me. That's what it still is in a lot of ways. It's a time for me to quiet my mind, to just get still and to listen for what it is that I'm supposed to hear. Now, of course, as you become more practiced, I guess, it got a little easier um, the more I do it, the easier it is for me to just drop into that quiet moment. It's easier for me to stay in it longer. It's also easier for me to understand what's my own voice, my own thoughts, and what are the voices that I actually need to hear. And at the end of the day, I don't know that how long I meditate is so important. I mean, some days I can only really get in a short time and others it can be a lot longer. But I know that what it does for me is it grounds me and it helps keep me calm. I feel like I'm centered up. I'm quieting down all that noise and it just makes my day go better. I make better decisions. My emotions aren't all over the place. In general, I'm just a better human. Now, of course, at some point during all this, it dawned on me that probably the reason I didn't know how to meditate was because during my life in the church, I don't remember anyone ever talking about meditation. And maybe they did, and I just don't remember. But either way, I started to wonder why. And believe it or not, I've actually seen or heard comments where people will maybe offer advice to someone who's struggling, maybe with their health or something. And they'll say... I don't mean to get too woo about it, but have you ever tried meditating? And I remember thinking, why are you apologizing for offering up something that's helpful? Why are you trying to justify it and explain it? Why is it automatically considered woo? And let's be honest, when you mention woo things, you often get the reaction of, well, I don't do things like that. I'm a Christian. And quite frankly, it baffles me. How is meditation that different than prayer? Isn't prayer quiet time where you commune with God? You get quiet to hear his voice. You enter prayer with an intention or a request. So how is that so different? I'm communing with God as well and listening for his guidance. Is that the difference? Because to be honest, I don't remember ever really getting quiet when I prayed before maybe for a couple of minutes but that was really it I tended to talk to God and you know ask for things tell him what I wanted him to know and then say okay show me a sign so basically it was all about me <laughs> I talked the whole time I rarely ever stayed in the prayer time long enough to get a sign while I was there 
I would just go about my life and wait. So now here I am looking for signs, but my life is back to being loud and busy. And I did that because I don't know that I was ever taught to pray in any other way than that. It's just what I knew. But now I truly commune. I can be present to both speak and just listen. And hear me, I suspect different people and different societies and different religions have been taught different things. But this was my experience. And what I'm curious about, is anyone else the same? And of course, as I started thinking about this, I, I was sure there are probably things that are different from prayer to meditation. And there may be things that make Christians in particular uncomfortable when it comes to meditation. But I decided I wanted to dive into that a little bit and talk about it. Because to me, at their most basic, they seem to be very similar. And I couldn't help but think that people may be missing out on an amazing experience that could not only deepen their faith, but help them grow as a person. And it seemed to be that the thing getting in the way was a word. So I want to start with prayer. And please understand, I am not going to cover every religion and every type of prayer. I'm not getting into all the things. And quite frankly, because I don't think it seems necessary for this particular discussion. I'm looking for more general overviews of what it means. So what is prayer? Well, Britannica says prayer is the act of communication by humans with the sacred or holy God, the gods, the transcendent realm or supernatural powers found in all religions in all times. Prayer may be a corporate or personal act utilizing various forms and techniques. Okay, interesting. Now, the New World Encyclopedia says, and there's this kind of long, so bear with me. Prayer is a form of religious practice that seeks to activate a volitional connection to some greater power in the universe through deliberate intentional practice. Prayer may be either individual or communal and take place in public or in private. It may involve the use of words, song, or complete silence. When language is used, prayer may take the form of a hymn, incantation, formal creedal statement, or a spontaneous utterance in the praying person. There are different forms of prayer, such as petitionary prayer, prayers of supplication, thanksgiving, and worship or praise. Prayer may be directed towards a deity, spirit, deceased person, or lofty idea for the purpose of worshiping, requesting guidance, requesting assistance, confessing sins, or to express one's thoughts and emotions. Thus, people pray for many reasons, such as personal benefit or for the sake of others. I don't know, but that actually seemed to kind of cover all kind of prayer, if you ask me. But now as I'm getting into the research, what I'm finding is just like they said, there are many reasons for prayer. 
We talked about communication with a higher power. Some people believe they're being listened to by that power, but they may or may not get a response. Some believe prayer is to train a person to focus on the recipient or to gain a direct experience with the recipient. There's also belief that the recipient expects it or appreciates it. Some believe it's to affect the very fabric of reality. That one again is from the New World Encyclopedia. And again, like it was stated, there are even many ways that people approach prayer. They may participate in morning and or evening prayers. Some say grace over a meal. You'll see Christians often will bow their heads, fold their hands, maybe close their eyes or even kneel. Um, Native Americans dance. Um, Hindus will often chant mantras. Orthodox Jews sway their bodies back and forth. And Quakers keep silent. Most of what I saw was that the approach seems to depend on the person praying And it goes back to their background or their religion and, you know, the traditions of those religions. So the type and the how really do seem to vary quite a bit. You'll also see different language used in prayer. I think it depends on those things as well. I mean, having been raised Christian, um, the ones I'm familiar with are we pray to God or maybe the Holy Trinity will ask things in Jesus' name. And of course, others may say that a little differently. Many religions have mantras that are said or their rituals that are followed. Hinduism can involve deep meditation. Talk about that in a minute. Shinto prayers can include ringing a bell or clapping one's hands. Again, it falls back to the rituals and belief systems that the person is following. And of course, there's the question of why do we pray? And that was said again many times it's a direct petition maybe it's for a request or a need Uh, maybe it's to give thanks sometimes it's just simply an act of worship of course there are mystics who are looking for an experience with the recipient Um, some are rituals especially when you look back to ancient religions i also found what's called a rationalist approach meaning the goal of prayer is to train a person to focus on divinity through philosophy and intellectual contemplation. And this apparently was popular in intellectual circles, but not so much with the lay people. So the truth is, it all seems pretty straightforward to me and kind of what I expected. So with that, let's move on to meditation. What is meditation? Well, the English word meditation stems from meditatum which is a Latin term meaning to ponder. And it doesn't seem to be known exactly when people began to meditate. But what I found indicates that the practice probably began many thousands of years ago, maybe even before the birth of modern civilization. Now, of course, there seem to be many things that fall under the umbrella of meditation. It's seen a lot of places, but it's probably most associated with Buddhism But we're also finding origins in Hinduism, and it was also used extensively in Japan and even beyond. 
One thing that was evident as well was the fact that meditation was also used in the Roman Catholic Church as well as others. So, of course, as people moved west, so did some of these traditions and their interest. Now, some will say this came as early as the 1700s, but it seems that the interest in it really ramped up in the mid-20th century. Because then not only were the masters of the East invited to teach and share their knowledge in the West, but many Western students were able to travel East to study there as well. Just like there are different types of prayer, there are different types of meditation. And of course, there are several ways you can do this. Some people sit, some people use movement, some focus on an image and that allows them to stay focused. Some people chant, where again, the melody or the sound helps you to stay focused. I know for me, I tend to sit and I work to be quiet and still, you know, kind of pushing the thoughts and distractions away as they come up and try to maintain that focus. Um, I tend to call it meditation, but the truth is I'm in prayer the whole time, which I actually found that many people do that. And let me ask you this, how many of you have had these great, amazing breakthroughs on something that you were trying to figure out while you were gardening or showering or maybe washing the dishes? That's something that's associated with the movement I had mentioned before. You have that sort of repetitive, almost mundane movement. You know, you don't really have to think about it. So it basically takes you out of that stress and worry and fret and you just focus on what you're doing now most likely if it's something that's easy that doesn't require a whole lot of thought that's best but you'll find in those moments that your mind will just sort of clear and you start to hear what you need to hear now all of you guys that have ADD like me you know what I'm talking about you know those days when you have to occupy the part of your brain that's going 900 miles an hour so you can focus because when you stop overthinking, that's when the answers tend to come. Okay, so back to <laughs> our discussion. Just like with prayer, of course there's history. There are people who are significant in creating the techniques in the various religions or areas throughout history in the growth of both prayer and meditation. But again, I'm more focused on the overall picture. So now that we've touched on a lot of these things, to me, there are still huge similarities. I mean, for both, you basically decide what you want out of the experience. And you're quiet and reflective. You can be looking to commune with God or whatever your higher power is. You may be looking for guidance or growth. And you may be looking for time to help you become a better person. Which one you do in your life may be largely based on your background or your upbringing, your religion, and all of those things. So back to my original thought of why some of this got started. Why is meditation such a bad word for Christians? Why do people apologize before saying it? Why do they justify it? It made me think of when people whisper the word cancer. It's just a word. It's like Voldemort. I'm not afraid of the name. Is it because when we see pictures of people meditating, they're from Eastern religions or they're yogis or something like that? We'll get to the fact that I think God 
is all the same across all religions another day. But no one said you have to be Buddhist to meditate. You don't have to convert to Buddhism or Hinduism to incorporate a form of meditation into your life. I think we've established that the acts of meditation and prayer are actually very similar and very dependent on your culture and your belief systems. And of course, as we've discovered, sometimes meditation is a type of prayer. Many times prayer is a form of meditation that involves rituals and chants. So what are we so afraid of? Why can't we use elements of both? Why can't we learn from each other and be stronger in our faith because of it? Are you afraid that your Christian friends will clutch their pearls when you say you meditate? For those on the other side of the aisle, what are you afraid will happen if you say you prayed? For that matter, why is there an aisle? Look, I know there's a lot of history with both of these things. And I'm sure there are people who may want to come at me for staying so general in the discussion. But that's actually kind of my point. Society is not serving us well in these discussions and in these thoughts. We're conditioning ourselves and each other to react based in fear over judgment instead of following our hearts and doing what's right for our own spiritual journey. Religion and spirituality are not one size fits all. So I encourage you not to be afraid of a word and instead really look at what it means and not what society told you to think, but what it really means before you dismiss it. And look, no one's saying it has to work for you or even be something that you try. But for many of us, the healing we need Maybe on the other side of that word that we just had to be willing to open our minds to. Thanks so much for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed today's episode and that it was helpful to you in some way. Make sure to like and rate and do all those fun things for our podcast. We really do appreciate it. And of course, check out the show notes for links and any other important information. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ballyhoo Bridge. If you're looking for guidance in your journey, head over to BallyHooBridge.com. There you can do things like choose a time for a free 30-minute clarity call with me. And you can find out what Ballyhoo Bridge means, in case you were wondering. In the meantime, don't forget to take care of yourself. Until next time.